views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show and welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. About six months ago, we started to bring together some good news segments. And what we've done is we've listened to some of the things that you all want to be updated on from time to time. This time of year, you know, we're talking about going back to school. We're talking about things like Medicare enrollment and We're extremely concerned about the care for our returning vets. So during the next hour, you're going to hear from experts in the field, and they're sharing their insights and the latest studies they've done. David Allender is here talking about what does it mean? Reading is key to academic success. This is the national survey from Scholastic Show's parents have a major role in helping kids find books they love. This Scholastic survey talks about and it points to what it is that parents can do to help kids find books they love. Now, when I was growing up as a kid, this was not something in my family that was even on the radar. You know, I didn't come from a background where reading as a child was something that I got a lot of. My mom was sick when I was younger. And for many of you, you may have children, but even grandchildren. This applies to all of the above. And as kids get ready to go back to school, Many parents and family members will face the challenge of motivating children to read daily outside of school as homework. Yeah, outside of school. But you know what we're finding now? We're finding more now than ever the quality and the quantity of books that children are really interested in are abundantly available. So you're going to hear today what some of the research says and how you can be proactive in helping your children. For example, keep the books in the home. Well, number one, how often do you get up and take your child and say, let's go to the library on Saturday? You don't. So what do we do to keep the books in the home? Whether you get them from the library, you get them from Amazon, however that is, there are ways to do that. But more importantly, what do your kids like? 
do they like to read books that you like? Or are you as parents and grandparents trying to get your child to read a book that they don't want to read? The other thing that I found is really super interesting is read out loud at home and keep it going beyond age eight. What's up with that? You know, why is it that sometimes as parents, we're like thinking, my child's too old to read to. Well, you know what? The kid could read, you can read, and it's a special time together. And by the way, you can have some super fun doing some role-playing, role-modeling. So you're going to hear more about that today from David. Now, the other thing is this time of year, we all need to get really smart, super smart about Medicare enrollment. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, for those of you listening, whether this is up for you and you have to look at Medicare enrollment for yourself, or maybe you're thinking about it for your mom and your dad, or how about you're thinking about it for, you know, maybe somebody else in your family. How do you choose the best Medicare prescription plan? And in 2018, Medicare cards have been issued to reduce identity theft. So, Joining me here today, Dr. Rebecca Rabbit, she's going to be talking about what do we need to know, how do we prepare for enrollment, what are the places that you can go, which is medicare.gov, or you can go to roadmapformedicare.com, roadmapformedicare.com. And then kind of rounding things off today, this is important for all of us, the VA has been Veterans Administration has been out there and they have been proactively looking at how do they improve pain and pain management strategies for our veterans, not just returning veterans, but veterans that have been struggling and suffering for years. You're going to hear today on how Dr. Audrey Kuziak and Bob O'Brien, Dr. Bob O'Brien, have really looked at what are some of the alternative ways, what's working, what can we know? Because according to a report by the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, 25.3 million American adults that's 11.3% of the total population have pain every day, every day. Nearly 40 million adults, 17.6% experience severe levels of pain. Now that ties into the show that Dr. Ryan and I did and Dr. Darvish and I did way back talking about the rise of inflammation. Why inflammation? A source of pain. But what are we going to do about it? Today, you're going to hear what is new, what is innovation, what are the treatments for pain. And I'm, I'm really thrilled to hear uh, a bit, these folks actually say the word acupuncture. So we have lots to talk to you about. And of course, you can find more out about that, how, to, how prevalent chronic pain is, what are some of the consequences. You can go to research.va.gov. Find out about what this study, what this research is about, what the innovations are about, what happens between the diagnostic of muscular and ailments versus other kind of ailments, and also what are the challenges facing our Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. So today, we have like a full, full lineup for all of you to talk about these things. But most importantly, what you're looking at is how you can find out more. 
whether you're thinking about what are pain management strategies for somebody you know, this is this segment's important because it's not just about vets. You know, for today, Dr. Kuziak and Dr. O'Brien are going to share some of the leading edge methodologies, pain research, and what they've discovered over time to help people understand that there are things we can do, acupuncture, acupressure, maybe some things that you haven't heard about today. But I want to say this, you know, these folks have been in charge of research and development and looking at providing solution for those folks that serve. So today, lots to talk about, lots to learn about, whether you're thinking about what am I going to do on weekends with my child or my grandchild? How do I even begin to figure out what kids are saying they like, what books they would choose? And by the way, have you ever thought of sitting down with your kid and looking at some of the books that are out there on Amazon and getting to know your kids better. Everything from that to helping you understand and navigate through the labyrinth of Medicare prescription plan information followed up by, yes, pain relief is on the way. You'll get information, you'll get websites. And if you miss any part of this show today, you can certainly hear it later on in the day or go to transformationtalkradio.com and look for our good news segments. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going to take a short break. I'm Dr. Pat. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in a little bit. Listen while you work. Streaming live on any device. Tune in to the Transformation Radio Network. Visit transformationradio.fm. Miss any shows during the week? Don't worry, we've got you covered. With the free Transformation Talk radio app, you'll have access to all of the past week's shows in the palm of your hand. Tune in to Transformation Talk Radio anywhere you go with our free app for any of your devices. Check out our app in the App Store and Google Play Store today. Take us with you on that morning commute. Download your favorite podcast from the Transformation Radio Network. Just visit transformationradio.fm. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our real house to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Hey, 
everybody. David Allender is joining me here today, editorial director at Scholastic Book Clubs. Listen to me about this. I am not the kid that grew up understanding the importance of books. I'm the adult that learned the importance of books. So if you're somebody like me and you grow up in a world where books is not part of your culture, not part of your family, what is it that you miss out of? So here's what I want to say. I'm very fortunate to have gone through my childhood again when it comes to reading as an adult. But here's what I want everyone to know. You can look at things in the world, absorb them, get ready for life. But what is it about this amazing reading that we now have the ability to fine-tune create enormous skills never before in the history of our country have we had so many tools. David's here, children's book expert. We're going to talk about it. David, great to have you on the show. Oh, it's fantastic to be here. Just, just really wonderful. You know, I want to talk to you about this because, you know, I, my story is really true. I basically grew up, I couldn't read and write. And um, that's a whole other story. But I didn't have tools. I didn't have what you're here talking about today. Can you just, listen, we have really come a long way in terms of access. Tell me about that and tell me why this particular report is so super important. Well, I think that the, the reason the, the report's so important is, is because um, we have talked with parents and kids and teachers across America to, to find the information, to make it available, um, that will help parents, help their kids become, become the kind of reader that you're talking about and have the kind of uh, skills, the kinds of abilities um, that only reading can, can, can give. And the earlier it starts, the better. I mean, you, you, you know that the, the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, back in 2014 actually prescribed reading for, to children from birth. Scholastic um, mm-hmm. was on board with, with that. We supported that as well. And what's been fabulous in the type of thing this report contains is that we've seen a 10% increase in the number of parents who, who read aloud uh, to their kids over the past two years, since 2014. So people are listening. They're listening to this advice, which is great advice, um, to start young and then to keep it going, you know, especially as we now come into back to school season, you know, to, you know, reading is critically important, you know, for the child's uh, success in school and and in life, Um, you know, and the earlier it can start, the better. Well, you know, let's talk about this because the world we live in today, I am discovering, you know, and you and I were talking about this, my field is psychology and communications. And what I'm discovering is that parents, and I I really want to say moms, especially for the moment, um, moms are the largest segment of being plugged in to the internet. They use smartphones more than any other segment of the population, moms 35 and over, the latest statistics. And they're doing it for a lot of reasons, not just to plan their days, but they're finding ways to integrate how to educate, how to work with their children far beyond anything we can imagine. I want to ask you this question. You know, is this digital age helping our kids? Well, I think that, you know, for one thing, um, just to separate that question out, I think when it comes... When it comes to reading and it comes to books, 
um, kids still prefer print books. Um, and that's what our survey shows. And that's what, um, that we see in, in the world as well, that, that when it comes to, um, you know, eBooks versus print books, and frankly, I, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an Omni reader. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I read eBooks, I read print books, but kids still prefer print books. I just think there's something that, that, yeah. that, that's wonderful about the printed word and yep. it's not able to be improved upon. I think there's yep. something in, in owning that book and possessing it and holding it and it's yours and it's yours alone. And it's, it's something that is that's so emotionally satisfying. Yep. So I think that there, there's, you know, personally, I think there's a, you know, it's wonderful, you know, what's going on with technology mm-hmm. and they connect. But but not to sort of um, just think, well, technology uh, is a replacement for, for everything. You know, right. at least as far as kids themselves are concerned, they still prefer printed books. And I wanted to bring this up specifically for for our listeners to hear that from you, because what is the important part about the moms uh, that are that are uh, on smartphones, they are buying these books. That's what they're doing. They're going and they're buying these books because you get it. We get it. I get it. There's something about touching the tactile reading pictures, all of the above. So let's just talk a little bit about this, because this is super important for people to hear. I love that you can still put your hand on a book, open it up, see pictures, read it, get engaged. What did your um, what did your report find? What what our report found was was that um, there there are two I think really major aspects. One is that that um, books. Uh, that that you can share with 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 children um, for them to be reading, you know, is crucial. But also, you know, having books uh, to read aloud. And actually, you know, there there really are five points, um, five resolutions um, that Good. we've drawn from the report that I that I would love to um, to share as, Please. As, major, as major findings. Um, number one, keep books in the home. Access to a wide variety of books in the home is a strong predictor uh, of a child's success, both in school um, and in later life. And parents really are the number one source of encouragement for children to read books uh, for fun outside of school. So number one, keep books uh, in the home. Number two, let kids choose what books they want to read. Choice matters. Let kids choose. The majority of kids say they're much more likely to finish a book that they've chosen to read themselves. And again, you know, back to the earlier point, there's something in the ownership, in the possession, in the saying, this book is mine and it's mine alone. Let books, let kids choose what books they want to read. Number three, ask your kids new teacher at back to school night uh, for book suggestions. Um, you know, educators are a top resource for helping kids find the best books to read uh, for fun. Number four, read aloud at home and keep it going, uh, even beyond the age when kids are reading independently. Um, the majority of kids say they love being read to, um, and it's a special family time. And there's something about that connection, that 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 sharing, that is so vitally important. Kids, kids want it. Kids love it. I think it's great for parents, too. So read aloud at home. And then the fifth thing is simply to be a reading role model for your child. Be sure your kids see you reading. And whether it's on your phone or, or a newspaper or a magazine, yeah. um, everything, everything counts. Reading counts. Share what you're reading with your child. 
Um, parents who have who are readers themselves are much more likely to have kids who will become frequent readers. So, so model that behavior for your child and share with them what you are reading, so that they are also drawn in, you know, to this to this world that you're describing. This this wonderful world uh, of opportunity. We call it uh, a world of possible, and, and that's mm. uh, only available to readers and to people who are deeply involved in in in, in reading and in text. Um, it's, it's something that can simply not be replaced. Oh, yeah, I am so happy about this report, and I'm glad you're sharing it. Now, uh, David, how can people find out more? How can they take a look, and how can they get involved? Well, they can go to, um, uh, to, to read the report in its entirety, scholastic.com slash reading report. That's scholastic.com slash reading report. For more about some of the best books that are available, uh, I would suggest going to um, our book clubs uh, site, which is scholastic.com slash book clubs scholastic.com slash book clubs. And there they can find um, a vast array of, of new and exciting and old favorites, all kinds of books from toddlers to teens that are going to get kids excited about reading. You know, I want to ask you this question. Uh, I know we have this short period of time. Uh, tell us a little bit about trends that you see in what uh, kids are reading. Uh, I, I know that's a tough question. I know we went through the Harry Potter series. I, is there a trend or are we seeing a diversity in what kids like and are drawn to? Well, I think I think yes. I think you know the diversity um, of, of 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 topics and types of books is really important. But I would also say that there are certain things that cut across all kinds of books. One of them is that kids just love to laugh. Kids love books that are funny that 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 give them um, a um, you know uh, you know that are funny stories and very relatable. You know, a second kind of trend is books that are more heavily illustrated. Graphic novels have completely come into their own recently and there's there's a number of wonderful authors working in that field um you know authors such as Raina Tagelmeier um and in terms of you know just creating books with um that with more graphic content more pictures there's everything from you know Jeff Kinney's Diary of a Wimpy Kid series to Dave Pilkey's Captain Underpants and and new series called Dogman um the um I think that with with um, with you know, but of course it goes beyond that too. There's 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 more diversity um, of um, of uh, of characters. Kids do want to see themselves in books, um, and so it's important that you know, that we provide that. It's important that that those books are published. You know that will give kids um, you know a, a stronger sense that that people of of all kinds. Um, are, are in books and, mm -hmm. and can see themselves reflected as well as to have a greater understanding perhaps of people who are not like them. I think kids want to understand the world and let's please all of us take children seriously, you know, and, and help give them an understanding of the world that, that we would, that we would love um, them to have. Um, let's let them follow their interests. Let's let them, you know, choose books and let them choose where, where they want to go. And let's let's give them a laugh once in a while. Let's yeah. let's let's not take it all so seriously and enjoy enjoy today. Enjoy our kids and enjoy reading together. 
And I wanted to say to everybody out there, if you are listening to this show and you want to go into social media, you can certainly go into Facebook Scholastic Book Clubs, and you'll be able to see uh, lots of information here. Uh, we talked about Dogman. Dogman is back. There you go. Back. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew Dogman would come back? Uh, but this is really part of the creative engagement we're now seeing, too, with kids, isn't it? Yes, ab- absolutely. And uh, it's our job to know that Dogman is back and our job to offer him up at the, at the very, <laughs> very lowest price that we can. We always try to keep our prices as low as possible because we're not just right. trying to sell to readers. We're trying to get books into the hands right. of everyone. Child, every child, whether that child identifies him or herself as a reader or not, we want every child to have a book. Every child deserves a book and deserves to become a reader. Lots more here. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for your time. It's been my great pleasure. All right, everybody, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Imagine a world where good news, positive information and stories were the mainstream. Tell us your positive story. Hashtag positivity rules. You are listening to the Transformation Radio Network. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got a great show for all of you today. And this is an important conversation because what this is about is about Medicare Enrollment 101 for 2018. One of the most important conversations that we could have for those of you. Uh, Joining me today, Rebecca Rabbit is Vice President, Medicare Solutions. Rebecca advises health plans on pharmacy programs for the Medicare and Medicaid populations. 
Her knowledge of CMS guidelines helps clients improve their Medicare Part D programs. Rebecca holds a doctorate in pharmacy from St. Louis College of Pharmacy and has completed a clinical residency at the Jewish Hospital of St. Louis. Now, why is this important? Today, you're going to hear about the labyrinth of what it means to try to make decisions about enrollment. And any of you out there that is thinking about this, that has ever looked at anything related to Medicare and especially Medicare prescription plans, you pretty much know what I'm talking about. Rebecca is going to take us on a journey of how to choose a Medicare plan and what you should know and how you should take action. Rebecca, I'm so thrilled to have you here today. I was just telling our listeners, you know, this can be one of the more confusing decisions to make, but it's not without having help and support to get through the process. Thank you for joining us here today because this is super, super important. Um, and, you know, especially for you know, the audience that we have right now, being a Jersey, New York girl myself, you know, we're talking about what the heck do I do? I'm turning 65. What am I going to do? What happens? How do I make decisions? But you're going to help us with all of that today, aren't you? Absolutely. Thank you for the invite. Okay. So let's talk about how many people become eligible for Medicare every day or every week or, you know, what, what are the numbers here? For the next couple of years, about 10,000 people are aging into Medicare every day. Mm. So there's this group of folks that are going to have to make this decision. How do I sort out what kind of a Medicare plan should I enroll in? Mm-hmm. So we're getting, we're coming up on the season here. So, um, you know, enrollment period starts, I believe, October 15th and goes through December 7th. And so this is, the, this is a time frame that people should be aware of because they can take time to start to research things for themselves, right? Um, how can, yeah, how, can this, how can folks that are really in this category now, what can they do and how do they take those first steps to, to getting the information they need? What are the four most important things those folks should know? Sure, we can cover that. Yeah. So for, for seniors that are just now aging in or getting mm-hmm. ready to turn 65, they should think about the three months before they turn 65 and the three months after they turn 65 as the time in which they need to make their decision. Once they're in Medicare and they're in a plan, every year, which is this October 15th through December 7th period, they get an opportunity to think about, am I in the right plan? Um, Is there an opportunity for me to save money? Is there an opportunity for me to change my coverage to something that better suits my health needs right now? And so that's the period we're entering into. But I'll tell you, most seniors have a choice of 20 to 30 different plans. And for me, that would be overwhelming. You get oh, yeah. beyond five, and I have a hard time sorting <laughs> out how do you really choose. Yeah. So Express Scripts put together this website called RoadmapForMedicare.com, and it's really designed. Uh, it has a nice video on there. It has monthly tips to help seniors 
as well as their caregivers, whether that be their children or other, sort through, gosh, how do I start to think about a plan? And the first thing to think about is premium. That's the monthly amount you will pay to keep your coverage in place. Secondly is to think about what medications are you currently taking and are those covered? Because in addition to the premium, and we know that premium is the number one thing seniors look at when they choose a plan, that's not all of the cost. There's additional cost when you go to the pharmacy, and that's either a copay or coinsurance. That's a little bit that you will pay every time you fill a prescription. So you want to think about those costs. If you're on very expensive medications or a lot of medications, you might hit the donut hole. And until it closes in 2020, there's a period of time in which seniors will pay a little bit more at the pharmacy until they get past that donut hole. And then the fourth thing to think about is the pharmacy. And that's the pharmacy network. Is the pharmacy I go to in the plan? And plans will change their pharmacy networks year to year. And they've also started adopting preferred pharmacies, which is a pharmacy you can go to and it will save you a little bit of money. The copay is lower. And for a lot of seniors, that can make a really significant difference. Yeah, you know what I love about when they go to a roadmap for Medicare.com? There is a frequently asked questions section here. And uh, I encourage people that are listening to go to the website, but most importantly, look at these questions because what you all have done is you pretty much take people on, well, who's eligible for Medicare Part D? And what happens if my medicine or medications are not covered? So forth and so on. Um, This is an important conversation for people to have and this is the time where folks that don't understand, they can get some help to get an understanding. Because you're right, this, this could be mind-boggling, can it? It absolutely can. And in addition to looking at a website like this, there are phone numbers you can call. In fact, there's one on this website uh, where you can speak to an Express Scripts Medicare advisor and make sure that you're really understanding a lot of this complex information here. You know, I want to talk about, you know, the idea of there are people that, and we know this, more and more people are are fitting in the chronic uh, care categories, autoimmune diseases on the rise. And there are certain decisions that if you're in that category are important to understand. Um, how does How does the roadmap help people make the right choice because you want to make the choice that says, wait a minute, I already know I got something going on in my body. I need to make sure I'm getting adequate, if not more than adequate coverage. That's exactly right. And so looking at the list of covered medications, um, also known as a formulary, is really important. There is a tool that the government publishes called Plan Finder where Seniors can go in and put their zip code in and all the medications they're currently taking, and it will help them look at the plans that are available and the coverage of those medications. Mm -hmm. They can see what it's going to cost. And in addition to thinking about what they're currently taking, uh, you think about what might I need based on family history, for example, and try to plan forward a little bit if that's possible. 
Now, there's something interesting that I was reading about that you're sharing with people. You know, you're talking about new ID cards, and there may be people that have Medicare already. And they're like, new ID cards, what does that mean? Am I going to get one? Tell us about new ID cards. Sure. The ID card that seniors have today likely has their social security number on it or their social security number on it. Yes. And we all know that's probably not a good idea. So Medicare is switching to a Medicare beneficiary identifier. And it will be just as important to keep this number safe like you do your social security number, but it won't be your social security number. And these new cards will be published in April of 2018. So seniors should be on the lookout for a card that's coming with a different number on it. So what would you say in your experience, and I know you're doing a lot of these conversations, what would you say is of most concern to seniors that are faced with this decision, but also maybe not sure and thinking, well, I can change it down the road. What do you, what, what's on your top three to be aware of here? I think it's how do I choose a plan that's going to cover what I need today and position me for things I might need later this year. It's important to realize that every year seniors can evaluate whether the plan meets their needs. So that's good news, that if you choose one that doesn't seem to be working for you today, there's lots of other choices out there on the market. So every year you get the opportunity to to change and try different plans. Most seniors are happy with their plans, um, and so they often don't change but they may be missing opportunities to save some money. So they should do Mm -hmm. a little research. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people think that it's a one size fits all. And what I mean by that is, you know, folks think that if I'm over here, this is, I'm living in California, that may be one perspective. Let's Let's answer a couple of basic questions. You know, while Medicare coverage can take care of you no matter where you travel here, Um, Are there differences depending upon where you live? There can be. Um, If you join a Medicare Advantage plan, which is Mm -hmm. a managed care plan, they usually have a more limited network. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're going to travel, you want to check with that plan to make sure that you can get coverage in an area um, if you happen to go to Florida in the winters, for example, and you originally are from the Midwest. If you want that flexibility, you might think about traditional Medicare, which allows you to go to pretty much any provider and gives you that flexibility to travel across the country and and get coverage where you may need it. Wow. Um, I know we only have a couple of minutes left and there are a couple of things I did want to make sure we covered. Um, Why do this now? And the question is, yeah, I'm turning 65, but you know, I just want to kind of ease into it. Are there penalties? There are. So if you are not working and you're 65 or about ready to turn 65, Mm -hmm. uh, you want to make sure that you enroll during your eligibility period, which is the three months before the month you turn 65 and extends to the three months after your birthday month. If you miss that enrollment period, you could be subject to a late enrollment penalty. And that penalty is 1% of the national average amount. So 
So if you wait a year, you might think, oh, I'm healthy. I'm not on any medications. I'm going to wait. It's really not a good idea because that penalty will build up month over month. And when you do need it, you'll be able to get coverage, but you'll be paying more for it because you waited. Wow. Uh, One last question. What is the most important thing people should know about the roadmap? That it's going to give them a overall view of how they can look at the total cost of picking a Medicare plan. Mm-hmm. And from there, they can get some monthly updates, will help, which will help them stay informed about important things they should know in their Medicare coverage. Wow. Thank you, Rebecca, so much. Again, please let folks know, how can they find out more about this? And one last question, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? They should start their research early because there are a lot of plans to choose from and you don't want to wait till the last minute and create added stress for choosing a plan before the enrollment closes. So give yourself plenty of time and do your research now and ask a lot of questions. Make sure that uh, you are comfortable when you're picking a plan. I love it. Thank you so very much for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Pat, for the opportunity. Anytime. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got Talk Radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness. Listen while you work. Streaming live on any device. Tune in to the Transformation Radio Network. Visit transformationradio.fm. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there. Dr. Pat Basili will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise not to let the light fade on Lyme. So fasten your seat belts. We've got lots more to share with you in the weeks to come. Tune into Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. You know, I am so honored to be speaking with Dr. Audrey Kuziak and Dr. Bob O'Brien. Why am I so um, actually honored to be speaking with them? Many of you know, you've heard me talk about pain. You've heard me talking about pain management. And what you've also heard me talk about is we need something new. 
today, Improving Pain Management Strategies for Veterans. Dr. Kuziak, Dr. O'Brien are joining me here to give us not just the background, but to give us a state of what is happening in the world. Uh, we've done various shows on pain, chronic pain, what the difference is between acute pain, chronic pain, and pain that just doesn't go away. But how about our veterans? What is it that we're doing? What are we aware of? And what's possible? Dr. Kuziak, Scientific Program Manager, of VA Rehabilitation Research and Development Service. Dr. O'Brien, Scientific Program Manager, VA Health Services Research and Development Services. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Kuziak, let's start out with you. How big is this problem? It is a pretty big problem. Um, according to the um, National Institute of Health, there's approximately 25.3 million American adults, which is approximately 11% of the population, who um, experience pain every day and have experienced pain for the preceding three months. Now, in mm -hmm. terms of VA healthcare, there's over 5 million veterans who have been diagnosed with um, one or more musculoskeletal disorder, and this includes mm -hmm. joint pain, back and neck, yeah. osteoarthritis, and fractures. And you know there are also veterans living with neuropathic pain, and this is pain that includes um, result of spinal cord or peripheral nerve injury, and also from diseases such as multiple sclerosis. We know about diabetic pain and migraines caused by brain injury or even phantom limb pain. So there's approximately 9 million veterans who seek care at the VA medical centers and individuals with pain or veterans with pain represent almost 55% yeah. of these 9 million veterans. Yeah, you know, one uh, interesting, you know, there is a whole range of autoimmune disease. And, you know, I've done a number of shows on autoimmune disease, but most importantly, you know, we don't talk about the fact that things like rheumatoid arthritis, let's just use that, you mentioned MS. We do not have conversations that address the fact that these are illnesses that cause chronic pain. You know, perhaps, Dr. O'Brien, you could give people a definition of this because I really think we are in a place of ignorance around what is chronic pain and what is pain, oh, my back hurts. You know what I'm saying? And I think that is at the cause of a lot of the misunderstanding here. Well, I, I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning. Um, there are lots of definitions about what chronic pain is. But uh, you indicated at the at the start of the talk that it's a condition that causes causes severe pain, but does not go away. It's there for a significant amount of time. I've seen yeah. some where they listed as um, three months, so you would have mm -hmm. three months of pretty much constant pain. Yeah, and that would be yeah, and some chronic. people longer too, right? I mean, some people longer. Three months oh, is yeah. the standard where we classify. But you know, some of the conditions that Dr. Kuziak just talked about, those conditions don't necessarily go away in three months, right? Oh, right. A lot of them are, you know, uh, lifetime concerns uh, mm -hmm. from the point where they start, and. Um, we're not necessarily trying uh, or, or able in many cases to make it go away, but maybe we can make mm -hmm. it bearable. 
maybe we can make it so that um, mm-hmm. somebody has, uh, you know, in our case, veterans will have uh, an improved quality of life so that they can, you know, it might allow them to do things with their children that they couldn't have done before. And that yeah. and that might be the level of success we're after. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'll tell you what, we're looking for success. Um, uh, 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 Dr. Kuziak, Dr. O'Brien, one of the questions I have for you is, what are some of the strategies the VA is doing to help? And also, are there some new directions? Is there something new on the horizon? So that's a good question. Um, some of the strategies that the VA has been um, um, adding into our repertoire of pain management approaches includes the addition of the complementary and integrative health approaches. This is like yeah. um, uh, yoga, acupuncture, yeah. and even some of the more modern approaches, including neuromodulation. And this includes like electrical stimulation. It can also include magnetic stimulation. And on top of that, you know, the VAs mm-hmm. have also developed these specialty pain patient aligned care teams. And they are, you know, phenomenal in terms of putting the veteran in the driver's seat in the management of his or her mm-hmm. chronic painful condition. So by having this, these different modalities, you, know, you can also look at non-opioid types of medication. And for especially the musculoskeletal types of painful conditions, you know, we can also look at physical therapy or occupational therapy. So we're bringing in a lot of these different modalities to help our veterans deal with their chronic painful conditions. I got to ask you a question because, you know, my own healing journey, my own issues with pain over time, one of the things that I become acutely aware of is in the integrative field and what we used to be called as the alternative field of medicine, there are some very, very, very powerful remedies for chronic pain, you know, to the point where people that, that wouldn't ordinarily get help are getting help, yet we're faced with the issues of insurance not having to pay for these. Is the VA different? Is there something that you are doing that can talk to the rest of the medical profession and say, wait a minute, there is something to be made of acupuncture, acupressure, pressure, even some of the integrative neuro um, uh, machines, Rife machines, frequencies, there's a whole list of them. What can we do to really open up a broader conversation here about this? Well, one of of the things we are doing is supporting research that's looking at these um, integrative or alternative strategies. Mm -hmm. Because, frankly, a a lot of the concern is that there's not a lot of clinical data out there that have strongly supported their use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and they would be great because um, they're non-invasive, you know, generally they're non-invasive, they're, um, they're low cost, which would be great for the VA. So it could put resources into other places where it's really needed. Um, but we really, we really need to build the evidence base, I think. And, and that's probably why it's, it's taken so long. I, I, and I see reviews that look at um, uh, uh, um, the, the, world of research, uh, clinical research related to these strategies, um, you know, there's just has not been enough done yet. 
Yeah, I mean, we're living in a catch-22 here with this, which is fascinating. So I'm really hoping that the VA is going to be able to come out in front because in order for you to get these research, you need to get funding. Most of the funding that is done for uh, pain relief is done by pharmaceuticals. So we get caught in this thing here that has to do with, you know, can we really do the research? But in the meantime, We've got to come up with solutions for people that are in pain because they're not getting any better. And you're absolutely right. You know, the the go-to now is opioids because what does it do? It allows people to live a normal life. Are you hopeful about the strategies you have in helping people get back to some sort of quality of life for chronic pain? Yes, that's a very critical part of our effort. Um, we We... And moving towards a model where it's a step care model where we look at the simplest kinds of interventions first and probably falls into a lot of these uh, complementary and integrative health kinds of things like yoga and tai chi as and ex- even just exercise as a way to um, mitigate the pain. And if that doesn't work, then you move to a more a sophisticated, complex kind of intervention. It might be some kind of non-opioid medication or um, some of these kinds of stimulation. And, and so using going up that step care model, opioids would be really towards the end uh, would be a, a model of last resort. And we understand we have to use that in some cases, but what we also have our plans going into place and research being done on strategies for um, supporting and monitoring veterans when they're not in the office. How are they doing on um, adherence to care? Are they, are they following the treatment regimens that uh, were prescribed to them? And we also get their input on the treatment regimens as well. We um, we are in, doing more research on shared decision-making where the veteran and the providers, um, be they an individual provider or these PAC teams, uh, are working to come up with the best solution. Well, I want to thank you both. And one of the things that I love about what we're talking about is, you know, I am not on the page personally of all opioids are bad. That's just, you know, that's clearly for our listeners, I just want to be very clear about this. And certainly Dr. O'Brien, you did, you know, when all else fails, people need relief. You know, the job I think of all of us is to monitor what we're administrating. And I think the VA does a great job of that. I want to thank you both for joining me today. One last question, each of you, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And please give a website out. Sure. So uh, the website would be www.research.va.gov. And I would like to say that research and the progress that we made would not be possible without the wonderful veterans who have volunteered to participate in our studies. I, I would have to agree with that. Our, our The research we support is all veteran-based and um, many of them come in to um, not only help themselves, but to help other veterans as well. Well, thank you both. And, you know, I want to say without you and the work that you're doing, our veterans would be lost. I come from a long family of vets uh, and clearly people that have been injured in war. 
and I understand what their journeys have been like even years after being in uh, serving our country. And without you and without what you do, there would be not much help for them. So thank you so much for everything you're doing. And thank you for taking this message out because speaking about alternative strategies for chronic pain, I believe is one of the most important conversations we can have right now in medicine. So thank you both. Great. Thank thank you for helping get the message out. You bet. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. 